You are listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. We hear all the time about disadvantaged groups in terms of access to medical care. A group we don't often hear about are the Native Americans. What is the situation with Native Americans and access to health care? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, your host, and with me today is Dr. Thomas Sequist, Assistant Professor of Medicine and Healthcare Policy at the Harvard Medical School, Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, and also the Director of the Four Directions Summer Research Program at the Harvard Medical School. Thank you for being with us, Dr. Sequist. Thank you. Now, this is something that I was really not that aware of. Can you tell us a little bit about the scope of the problem and some of the inequities in terms of health care for Native Americans? Sure. I think it's, it's not uncommon that a lot, of, a lot of people haven't had exposure to this issue. There are approximately 4 million American Indians living in the, in the United States right now, and the majority of them tend to be, tend to be concentrated in areas west of, of the Mississippi, in the Plain States, in the Southwest, in the, in the Western parts, and in Alaska. About 1.8 million of them receive their care through the Indian Health Service, which is a federally sponsored health care program within the Public Health Service, whose mission is to deliver care for or to provide care for Native American populations. There are substantial health disparities among this population. We know that Native Americans on average live almost five years shorter than the rest of the U.S. population. So a very significant population level difference in their health outcomes. We know less about the processes of care that Native Americans are receiving, but we are learning more and more. A lot of work that has been done has been done in an epidemiologic frame. So there's been lots of documentation about the burden of disease among American Indians. And the one that's highlighted most frequently is the burden of diabetes among American Indians. And we know that the, the prevalence of diabetes among American Indians is probably at least twice as high as it is in the general U.S. population. And you go to some parts of the country and, and you find prevalences of diabetes of upwards of 30 or 40 percent in certain communities. Mm. And is it understood at all? Is that a genetic thing or a cultural? Well, there's a lot of discussion around why it is that, that the prevalence is so high among American Indians compared to any other racial or ethnic group. So even when you compare it to Latino populations or African-American populations and certainly white populations, you know, diabetes isn't really a problem that, that is historically an affliction in Native American communities. So, you know, if you go back 50 years or so, it's not something that was ravaging the communities the way it is now. So there has to be some sort of a role of, of changes in the social circumstances in which these communities are surviving. I see. And in addition to diabetes, I saw that there were other illnesses where the rates are much higher in Native Americans. There certainly are. I think... There are high rates of conditions that sort of track along with poverty and low income, low access to health care, high rates of violence in these communities. And diabetes in and of itself is a chronic disease that then leads to other chronic diseases. So we know from a lot of emerging data is showing that while the epidemic of diabetes started, let's say, 20 to 25 years ago with this dramatic rise in the prevalence of type 2 diabetes, what we're seeing now, sort of 20 years later, is the emergence of the sequela of all those patients who develop diabetes. And so specifically, we see very high incidences and prevalences of coronary heart disease and end-stage renal disease. And it's actually gotten to the point where for cardiovascular disease, which used to be almost unheard of 
among Native American communities 50 years ago. It's the leading cause of mortality now. Coronary heart disease mortality is now higher among Native Americans than it is among the rest of the population. I saw also in some of your work, influenza, pneumonia, infant mortality rates are are higher. Is, Is that an access to care issue or how is that understood? You know, when you think about things like influenza and pneumonia, I think a lot of that can be attributed to access to care and access to pretty straightforward treatments, vaccinations that we know, particularly in the case of pneumonia, really sort of drop mortality rates dramatically. And when you look at some of the quality of care studies that have examined access to this treatment among Native American communities, it tends to be much lower. And then also with some acute care, I noticed mentioned a higher morbidity with acute myocardial infarction. Is that also, do you think, related to access? It is. I think there are two things going on with morbidity and mortality related to cardiovascular disease. There is a recent study in the New England Journal that showed why it is that mortality from cardiovascular disease has been going down over the past decade. And it's in part due to access to some of these very advanced high-tech procedures like balloon angioplasty, other intensive medications. And then it's also in part driven by access to control of risk factors, so hypertension, hypercholesterolemia. And I think what we're seeing in the American Indian community is that there really is likely to be decreased access to both of those aspects of cardiac care. When we looked at American Indians presenting to hospitals with acute MIs, we found that there were much lower rates of coronary revascularization among those patients. There isn't a lot of data about risk factor control among American Indians. We do know that the prevalence of a lot of these risk factors, smoking, hypertension, hypercholesterolemia, has dramatically risen over the past 10 or 15 years among Native communities. We don't have a lot of information about what type of health services are are being offered, how aggressively these risk profiles are being controlled. You are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and I'm speaking with Dr. Thomas Sequist, Assistant Professor of Medicine and Healthcare Policy at Harvard Medical School, as well as Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. We are discussing disparities in medical care for Native Americans. And and Dr. Sequist, we've mentioned a number of the different entities that seem to be disproportionately prevalent in this population. What are some of the the barriers that are leading to this? I know you mentioned geography being one of them. We've done some work in a bunch of different chronic disease areas, chronic kidney disease and cardiovascular disease and primary care as well. The recurring theme that continues to come up in all of this is geography representing a barrier to care, so literally distance representing a barrier to care. We did one study where we looked at American Indians who were on dialysis and who needed to be evaluated for renal transplantation, which would prolong their life and would improve their quality of life. When we looked at how far Native American patients would have to travel to the nearest transplant evaluation center, we found that 25% of them had more than a three-hour drive to get to the doctor's office. That's very difficult, three hours. What we found was that they often didn't complete the transplant evaluation. Because you can imagine every time if you had to get your blood drawn, you had to drive three hours, that you would probably skip that appointment. This has come up when we surveyed primary care doctors working within the Indian Health Service. We asked them questions around this topic. Do you feel that literally distance or geography is a barrier to delivery of high-quality care to your patients? And nearly three-quarters of them agreed with that very strongly. 
that that was a, a significant barrier. So there aren't a lot of facilities in these areas of our country that really are more spread out, and because you mentioned the Southwest, and uh, are most of these Native Americans on reservations, or I imagine many are not. So yeah, and that's a changing demographic as well. Historically, yes, they would most Native Americans would live in rural areas and often on reservations. Right now, I think the most recent data indicate that it may be more along the lines of 50-50 or 60-40, but certainly close um, in terms of Native Americans living in rural areas versus Native Americans living in urban areas. And the urban American Indian population is one where we really have surprisingly little data on. So there are certainly urban centers around the country that have large Native American populations, if you think of Phoenix or Albuquerque. And also, so, you know, so Seattle may have another a larger population. And we don't really know a tremendous amount about how American Indians are accessing health care in these areas. This would be a, a setting completely different from a reservation setting, so they're removed from their immediate community and a lot of their extended family members. And we know that those sorts of contacts do affect health care and health outcomes. In the reservations or in the areas where Native Americans may be living that are more spread out, there's certainly a geographic problem. And for the populations that are more urban, we just don't have a lot of data on that at this point. You are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and I'm speaking with Dr. Thomas Sequist, Assistant Professor of Medicine and Healthcare Policy at Harvard Medical School, as well as Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. We are discussing disparities in medical care for Native Americans. Are there cultural issues that those of us who are not Native Americans might not understand or take into account in terms of access to health care and following up with recommendations from health care providers? Well, I think there are cultural issues in much the same way that there are cultural issues with other racial and ethnic groups, so the Latino population or African Americans or Asians or, or Native Hawaiians. I think that our ability to effectively communicate with persons who are really sort of approaching the healthcare encounter from, from a different angle is often limited when we're sort of taken out of our comfort zone. I think that our ability to communicate effectively and to work effectively in these settings really is compromised. Now, the, the sort of types of encounters and the types of difficulties that come up with Native Americans are, are certainly different than what you would experience in an urban setting working with African Americans, let's say. But the concept of communication driving this and sort of a mutual understanding or lack thereof really driving these problems, I think, is, is, is more universal. One of the things, though, that I think is often different with providing care in these, in these more rural settings is that the physicians who commit to working in these areas typically are committing to themselves being very removed from an environment where they were raised or where they trained typically not working in academic medical centers or large medical centers. These are typically more rural and isolated clinics. And, you know, a lot of these clinics are also very resource limited so that the physicians are practicing in an environment where it's not only sort of difficult to, perhaps difficult to interact with the patients, but it's also an environment where when a treatment is needed or recommended by a physician, it may not be available. The reason why that's important is because there's a lot of difficulty right now with attracting clinicians, not only physicians, but nurse practitioners, physician assistants, nurses, to work in these communities. And the Indian Health Service cares for almost 2 million American Indians, reports, I believe they have a clinical vacancy rate of 15%. So for whatever reasons, it's, it's harder to get some providers uh, often to go to these small and more rural areas to provide care. 
in educating the the community. I imagine that's got to be more difficult in a rural area where there are perhaps some cultural differences between providers and the recipients of care. I think that one of the interesting things when you examine carefully the types of strategies that an organization like the Indian Health Service employs, you learn that because of the situations and the settings in which they're delivering care, they do some very innovative things, some very effective things to try to to deliver care in these settings. So they tend to make use more of community health workers, and the model of care amongst these tribes can be oftentimes viewed more as a true public health system, so addressing all aspects of the patient's care rather than sort of more of a, a medical model of waiting for the patient to present with some illness at the clinic level. To a more comprehensive approach. Right. An approach that includes all aspects of the family, dental care, medical care. Really holistic and looking at the whole patient and their interactions, the whole life. Correct. Well, I want to thank Dr. Thomas Sequist, who has been our guest as we've been discussing some of the disparities and barriers to adequate health care for American Indians. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.